Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hey everybody, this is Guys with Bibles. I'm Sean. I'm Scott. And I'm Lee. And we're starting a new study tonight, boys. Ephesians 1 tonight. Or as much of it as we can get. We're moving on to the big times, boys. Are you are you guys jacked? Yes, for sure. Hard yes. Yeah, I'm so... I'm for Frederick at jacked. That's <laughs> how, how jacked I am. Shoot. Yeah, Professor Gary thinks you have a man crush on Furtick. <laughs> I know, I love Gary. He cracks me up. Um, he used to yeah, crack on me in class romance. all the time. He's, he's a gem. <laughs> yeah, um, we became good friends. Now, out of all the, the, the epistles, Ephesians is one of my favorites. Mine too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because Ephesians, it really contains um, a clear summary of the entire gospel. Um, yeah. It explains how God chose a people for himself from the beginning and how everything we have is the work of his grace. Um, we have been predestined to serve him in his kingdom. And by teaching us this, Paul wants, wants to strengthen us to fight against the efforts of false teachers who are trying to rob us of our assurance. Um, He also told the Ephesians that after his departure, they would come to destroy the church, and uh, he was determined to prevent this. But evidently, um, with some success, today also we face similar problems, and we need this message of this epistle as much as ever. So I think Ephesians is very important to us today yeah and i think i think that's a good point for all the epistles um a lot of people read them as something that they're not and they are letters written to specific groups of people in a specific time and place and you need to take that into account um when you're reading them but at the same time this is inspired scripture so this is the word of God and it it is to be up, held up as such and to read it properly, which to understand that it's a letter written to certain people is you got to understand you're understanding the context of the letter. And that's important to get out what he what they are saying in the letter. Right. Right. hundred percent. Bam. Thank you. Uh, right, not so only let's like go ahead and oh, go ahead. 
Oh, go ahead, Ali. Go ahead. Well, and the historical the historical part is, is especially important, but then also knowing the audience. A lot of people try to take try to take scriptures and make them apply to anybody. And one of the most important things is to remember, especially in the epistles, these are being written to people who already are Christians. So the promises that are made in the epistles, sometimes people apply them wrongly to people who don't believe or to to things that are not the church. And I think since you were talking about right. context, that I thought that was important too, that we can't take everything in the Bible and apply it to every person. You know, the promises right. that are given right. in many of the epistles are specifically for believers because that is the only group that Paul or Peter or James are are writing to or John are writing to. So. Yeah. Yep. That was all. Or whoever wrote Hebrews. Yeah. Oh. I'd love to do some Apollos. rank punditry that, on that. We could do a whole podcast yeah, on I'm telling you it's a Paulus. I just I can end the whole entire Hebrew debate. It's Apollos. I think it's a, I think it's a sermon it by be. Paul that was transcribed by Luke. False. <laughs> yeah, sure. Me and Dr. White are both shrewd. idiots. <laughs> you said it, I didn't. Yeah, you said it. I didn't I didn't have to say it. <laughs> I'm more than happy to call myself guess. an idiot, but I'm pretty sure I'm in good company if if that's what Dr. White thinks. Yeah. Dr. Wright has the right to be wrong. <laughs> Very funny. Hey, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> <laughs> so do we want to go ahead and read like up through like verse six? Yeah. Um let's go ahead and read Yeah, till verse six. And then we'll just start from there. Well, I'm going to read it. Well, you, you go ahead. You read it. You read it. All right. Knock it out of the park. We believe right. in From you. From my distressed calfskin CSB. Okay, hurry up. What's wait? All Why right. are you taking so long? <laughs> Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, to the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the Beloved One. Amen. This here ends the re- reading. Oh gosh! Right. I'm sorry, you, you, uh, commuters, for our uh, daily readings. <laughs> yeah, we are terrible. No, we and this, no, this we ends chant the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, so we got so we got chapter one verses uh, one through six, and I kind of want to focus just on uh, verses one and two right now, um, just as the introductory greeting. Um, uh, Paul Paul basically uses his authority as an apostle sent from God in order to instruct the Ephesians, um, who are called saints because they have been chosen and set aside by God for His glory. Um, he wants them to be full of divine grace and heavenly peace, so that they will be sure of their calling and enjoy it to the fullest. Um, we see this in Paul's introduction, not only to the Ephesians, but he also says this to 
um, the rest of the epistles that he when he usually does an introductory greeting besides when he was rebuking the Corinthians but besides Hebrews yeah because he didn't write it right exactly <laughs> and uh <laughs> so, stay so, very quiet on that yes you do you better because <laughs> you're wrong but anyway so so we have we have something in here that's very interesting um, and you hear this this word thrown out frequently and I don't think people really fully understand the gravity of this word and what it truly means um, when Paul calls them saints who are at Ephesus. Oh, um, I, I thought you were going to go for apostle. <laughs> no. Oh, I could. I could go for apostle. I was apostle. ready. I was ready for apostle, but we can we can backtrack. We could go. Yeah, we'll backtrack. Yeah, finish to your that. thought but, on the saints. So so I so I focused on saints. Um saints or holy is an ordinary word in scripture. Um the vessels of the Lord were holy as were the holy garments used under the law, which had been set apart from common use for the needs of public worship. Um, in the same way, people are also holy if they have turned away from the world and given themselves to Christ. Um, nowadays, if someone is called himself a saint, he would be considered arrogant. Um, but as the names go, saint is much less arrogant than Christian. And so today, to call yourself a Christian is to say that you are king, priest, and a child of God, where areas, whereas you would call yourself a saint, just means that you have been set apart um, from the world for the worship of God. Um, And I, I think that's very foundational to understand the word saint and what what it means. Also, in today's language, when you say, I'm a Christian. This, Which means this virtually with, nothing. Right, to now. in today's society. But if you boil it down to Christians who are actually following, following biblical, um, the biblical premise of the entire Bible and understanding of God's word... Um, it's kind of like a smack in the face when you see an unregenerate person say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I just don't go to church. I mean, it kind of, kind of just ticks you off to it. Or I love Jesus, but I don't love Christians. Right. Right. Doesn't make any sense. Right. And it's like, why you guys don't understand the gravity of the term you are using loosely. Um, and it comes with implications. Um, and it and it holds a heavy weight on the shoulders of the one who bears it. Um, so I think it's something we can't use u- loosely. Um, well, and you know the another application of the word saint is in the Catholic context where you have to check all these. I wasn't okay. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but I, did. You know what? Yes, you don't. You don't always have to be the person to bring up uh, Catholic heresy. So. Way to go. <laughs> um, you know, there's the, there's the whole process where a person can only be considered a saint. They have to be canonized, number one, in order to get the title. And in order to be canonized, they have to check all these boxes and to have, had ver- to have performed miracles and they were verified. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it usually, it's, it's and they, uh, I believe, They're always three, dead. 
three miracles that some they people had to have prayed to you after you've died and you had to have three miracles attributed to you after your death and it usually takes several hundred years wow in order for this to happen so it's just it's it's a bunch of crap but it is a bunch of crap but we know so it's a very lucrative title that not every believer in fact very few believers statistically will ever receive which is so backwards because Basically, every church that Paul writes to, he calls them saints. Or, like, or uh, Peter says, elect exiles, which is just a synonym. And even all the the churches that uh, were written to in Revelation, they were addressed as saints, I believe. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Well, here kind of, or most I got something from Calvin right now. Um and it kind of goes back with the apostle, but it's it it flows in with the word saint as well. Um and he he states that not all ministers are apostles. And Paul calls himself an apostle of Jesus Christ because everyone who has received the ministry of reconciliation works as an ambassador, but not every minister of the gospel is an apostle. As I have already explained in my commentary on Galatians, no one can take this honor on himself because only God appoints lawful ministers. All believers are saints, and every saint is a believer. Um, Paul uses his authority. um, He puts his name at the beginning so that it would be immediately apparent who was writing this epistle. He mentions... um, uh, his calling, not because he wants to boast, but because the purpose of the whole epistle is to increase their knowledge of the true God, and he orders everything to that end. Um, therefore, he refers to his authority and dignity because this serves his argument throughout the epistle. Um, he does not just say Paul to the saints at Ephesus, but adds a messenger or apostle by the will of God. He was an apostle who was sent to preach the gospel and build up the churches with full spiritual authority. Um, So this description of those to whom he is writing follows immediately on the title of the writer. Um, They are all saints um, who are at Ephesus, who have faith in Jesus Christ, only those who have the faith in Christ because they embrace the goodness of God and the righteousness of Christ. Um, and and with thankful hearts, try to imitate it as much as they can and have the right to be called saints and not those who are puffed up by the reliance of worthless um, credibility. Uh, So I think when we understand why he is addressing his authority in the very beginning um, and we understand why he is calling them saints and the meanings behind each and every one of these terms, I think we'll have a better understanding of why Paul is addressing the Ephesians the way he's addressing them. Right, because he he had a level of authority more than just the average shepherd, because just like them, he was a saint. Okay, there's one. He was a shepherd, you know, kind of a pastor of of pastors, you know, he was a church planter, uh, 
<clears throat> so he's on a level with other pastors. Where he goes over and above is the fact that he's an apostle, meaning that he had had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus and right. uh, was commissioned by Jesus to go and do his, the specific work. And that's a very limiting thing. That's not something that is always done. Yes, God does call people into the ministry. Every minister has been called by God to do so. But the office of apostle was a, a specific thing for that time. And we, and we. So you're not. You're telling me that people can't be apostles today, Lee? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, Bill. Bill Johnson is not an apostle. And anybody that's, who gives themselves exactly. the title, who, who oh, any I man who smack him. <laughs> any man who gives himself the the title of apostle, you can automatically rule him out as an apostle. Um, and even, even yeah, he, and that's that's right in verse one because it says an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, not by your right. will. Yeah, he didn't just wake up one morning you and can't say, call I'm, yourself I'm an, apostle. an apostle. No, God, God yeah. did it. You know. God blinded him in the middle of the road and told him what to do and where to go, and he believed. And to even take that authoritative uh, responsibility, um, you're you're placing a heavy weight on your own head. Uh, yeah, you know? it was a so, death sentence, I mean, really. Yeah, it really it really is because all the apostles they ended up dying for the truth. You know. Uh, oh, and they died horrible yeah, deaths. It wasn't it wasn't nice. It wasn't a good death. So. I mean, if you're willing to take on that burden, I mean, then God's going to use you in a not so well. And I think I think that's way. why Paul had such harsh words for people that you know were saying that they were baptized in the name of Apollos or whatever. Because like, do you do you even realize you don't you don't want the title of apostle, just like you didn't want the right. title of prophet in the Old Testament, because that just guaranteed that you right. had a target on your back. And your and your days were already oh, yeah. more numbered than the average man's days are already numbered. So it wasn't a light thing to call yourself an apostle. And it seems like now, you know, you've got all these people around calling themselves bishop, apostle, so and so, or apostle this and oh, that. My goodness. Well, and then yeah. they just then they t- they talk and it's like business principles. They're not even preaching scripture. They're not even doing the job of a shepherd, let alone something that an apostle did. So it's just it's just you know people eager to have some sort of title to give them authority so they can do what they like. Well, that's the total opposite of, of the um, apostolic record that we have. That's not the quality right. that, that these men had. That'll, That'll preach. preach all right. Hey, Mike! Darn right it will. Man. So anyway, <laughs> that was my soapbox moment about, about uh, apostles. Is there anything else in the, those first two verses we want to talk about? Uh, I, I just wanted to, to go to verse two. I, I always enjoy the apostolic greetings that um, Paul has in his letters. Really, every every epistle, no matter who wrote it, has some sort of greeting, but um, all Paul's of Paul's are, very are unique. Yeah. Yeah. And they are all, they're all pretty similar. There are sometimes, you know, little little wording changes depending on the letter, but they're all basically grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the most basic of all of them and the easiest to remember. And, and I really uh, like that greeting. A lot, a lot of uh, traditional churches uh, will use this apostolic greeting at the beginning of worship. Yeah. Oh, I know. Which is I know. Uh, does so. like our fellowship. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's a very Jewish thing, too. You know, we're kind of seeing... That's one of the things that's so interesting is the... You can see the Jewishness of so much of, of what the... Especially in the epistles of what kind of the way they go about describing things or talking. You know, Jesus taught in a very, you know, rabbi-like way. That's why people called him rabbi. Um, using a lot of stories and a lot of questions and things like that. Well, this grace to you and peace, you know, passing the shalom to each other is something that's very culturally important even to today. You know, they've always right. they've always been seeking peace, um, not only among themselves but in their communities too. That's just been a historical thing for the Jewish people. So it's it's cool to see those notes transfer over into the church um, after the resurrection. And really, that's the same even going into verse 3, but I don't want to get ahead, but there's some, some kind of Jewish heritage behind even even that verse. So, as we get into verse 3, um, it's saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. So we'll stop there. Oh, yeah. We'll go ahead and discuss this. So, go ahead. Who wants to start? Then I'll follow. In verse 3, one of the things that stands out to me where it says that uh, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You know, there's a lot of people who are always seeking some other blessing. You know, it's not good enough just to be a believer. You know, you have to have evidence of tongues or you have to, you know, you have to be able to... Yeah, there has to be a... Like a feeling that comes with it. Um, <laughs> like the Mormons would say, a burning in the bosom. Like, you know, justific- justification yeah, isn't or, enough. You have to feel the spirit move with Whatever that you. means. Uh, the, yeah, I don't it even just, know what that just, means. You guys haven't but, ever uh, felt that? It just sounds like a bowel movement. The... <laughs> oh, I felt that before. You. you went there. Um, how dare you. But, but, but in Christ, what we have in Christ being forgiveness of sins, justification before God, a guarantee of the process of sanctification that leads into glorification on the last day, and then being able to spend eternity with Christ. That is every spiritual blessing. And notice that they're they're spiritual blessings, not temporal blessings, financial blessings, these kinds of things. Like, these are spiritual blessings that we have. We're not guaranteed to have the... What's up? So I'm not getting my billion flow? No, you're not... (laughs) (laughs) No, no billion flow. <laughs> Sorry. What is this? What did I sign up for? I'm in the wrong room. I'm going to an ashram. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of people would read this out of context and see that see that word blessing, and they're going to think, well, I'm going to get whatever I want in life. I'm, as soon as I become a Christian, life's going to get so easy for me, and I'm going to be happy all the time. And yeah, tell that to the early yeah. church. Blah, 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 You're blah. You're going to be miserable. Yeah, tell that, <laughs> tell that mm-hmm. to Job. Yeah. Well, no, Job, Job, uh, or, Job's a... Pr- or David, or frankly, any main character in the Bible. Are you telling me, no, Job's a, bit, a promise so. that in the last half of your life, it's going to be better than your first half. We all know that. You shut, you shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. You know, guess what? Uh, you might be able to take that as a promise if you lose all of your farm, 
all all eight of your children and your skin falls off and then it do, and then everything comes back cuz God gave it back to you then maybe you can claim that as a promise but how about uh hold your horses and don't make yeah. promises that aren't for you about you but he would have had to been notified about that promise <laughs> hey i'm going to take all this away from you and then i'm going to give it to you back tenfold yeah but Job was yeah. left yeah. in the dark. Job, Job the had no idea. It, yeah. yeah, there was no promise that it was. Job was back. in the dark the entire time. Yeah, just yeah. like we so are. Doggone it! He, he was about to die. He probably should have. Frankly, at that point, I think he so, wanted and his to wife die. wanted him to die. Yeah, curse God and die. That's What's, what his what dumb said. preacher was it? Who's, Sounds like a lovely who was it lady. Who said there was a preacher that said that he thought she had her eyes already on another man. There was some dumb prosperity guy that said that i'm like oh shut up well you can't even read that into the it has nothing it, it says nothing, nothing about that you can't or she was thinking about there. all the money that got lost or something like no that's just you dude you're the one thinking about losing money anyway yeah. oh into the text at all uh one one little note about the jewishness of this verse too is um it starts out the way that a uh uh, a, a uh, traditional Jewish uh, blessing would would start out, um, where they say, um, "Blessed are you, O God, King of the Universe," and they'd say it in Hebrew. So we say here, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." So he's kind of taken the beginning of that blessing format, and there's like different blessings right. for different things, but they all start with the same introduction. Um, but instead of, of using the traditional Jewish way, he routes it into blessing God, who is the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's a Christocentric um, bracha, is what they're called in Hebrew. Whoa, that's a big word yep. there, Lee. Bracha. Yeah, I have a headache. <laughs> so what... I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting, too, how they mention, or how Paul mentions that it's the father who has blessed us in Christ. Um, a, a lot of modern evangelical Christians don't have the concept of, frankly, the Trinity in, in the way that's biblical. And it's, it's, uh, it's somewhat alarming, but... Yeah, a lot of Christians are functional Unitarians. The fact that the father... Yeah, the, the father chose us in Christ. And uh, if you think about that for a minute, it it really helps to tie together the Old and the New Testaments, and that that's a problem mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, so instead of it just being Jesus that came down and was like, eh, I think I'm going to save every, you know, save all my people. Uh, it No, it was, this kind of goes back to the covenant of redemption as well. It, it was... It was agreed upon by the the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Before found the foundation Christ, of the earth. The core of the gospel. Yeah, before creation even occurred, that Christ would be the one to come and save God's people. Yeah, because even so, when when I God promised the law, when he delivered the law to Moses, that he was promising the people holiness and forgiveness of their sins through the uh, through the institution of sacrifices and feasts and... And 
Right. And th- and that all that stems back to the promised seed in Genesis 3.15 as well. Just, just Jesus came and fulfilled it so those things could pass away and terminate in the, right. the ultimate, the, you know, the, the final one. Bum, bum, bum. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But, um, when Jesus said yeah. it's finished, he wasn't lying. Yeah, it was literally all done. He did it. Of course, Jesus never lied anyway, but you know what I mean. He broke no, the law for no, love. No, no, <laughs> You just broke me. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to jump in. So in verse 3, we're, uh, he's talking about every spiritual blessing in Christ. Lee has spoken on this. Um, Paul uses the term in heavenly realms or in the things that are above us. Um, that are visible and not apparent to the mind of the flesh. Um, three times in this epistle, um, I say this so that you will understand what I what is said at the end of the epistle um, when he writes against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, more than once in the epistle, Paul says that there are spirits at work in the air um, that is also called heaven. Um, or collab. More than, <laughs> right. No, no. I'm just kidding. That's more that's Mormon weird Mormon. What is weirdness. that? Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like I know that word. Yeah. Do you don't know Honestly, that is? it sounds that's like it should be a planet Mormon planet. From the, from no, the I know. Yeah. That's what I thought it should be, yeah. I've never oh, seen wow. Dune. Mormonism basically is science fiction anyway. Pretty much. Yeah. So is Dune. Dune is science fiction. When we th- when we think about it, we may uh, learn that we have received not one spiritual blessing, but all spiritual blessings. And I think I think Lee hit on this, but I think um, what we should focus on is the blessings as our creation, redemption, justification, forgiveness of sin, life everlasting, and no other but Christ Jesus, and by no other means but Christ through his sake and his sacrifice, those were the spiritual blessings we received. We received that we were created in the first place. We don't need to be created. Um, We we had the opportunity for redemption um, through Christ, uh, justified through Christ. We were forgiven of our sins through Christ, and we are promised life everlasting with the Father. Um, and none of this would have been possible without Christ in itself. And I think Paul is really speaking on this, and he's trying to make this more Christ-centered and God-centered, you know, godly-centered more than man-centered theology. Yes, Um, and that's where I think we tend to start putting man-centered thoughts in, and we need to really focus on what Paul is trying to expound on here, and he is trying to bring God back to the center and saying, look, this is where everything comes from. This is, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this. So I think we need to give thanks to um, to this. God the Father must be thanked. Um, Paul goes on to mention many of the Father's activities in order that we may learn to give thanks to God the Father and recognize Him as our Father. Um, to recognize God as the Father is to know how the Holy Spirit has applied His goodness 
to us and what blessings he has revealed to us in his son, Jesus Christ. Um, this, this verse here shows um, what riches are that God the Father has blessed us with, particularly the spiritual ones um, that we've talked about. The knowledge of God, the forgiveness of sins, righteousness, life eternal, and things like that are spiritual riches. Um, and I think we take that for granted. Um, it also said that spiritual riches are not revealed to human reason, wisdom, nature, flesh, and blood, but are known only by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the wealth of a Christian consists of these spiritual things, not physical ones. So we need to discern here as well who Christ is, namely the mediator through whom God the Father works with us and through whom God the Father imparts his spiritual and heavenly riches to us. Um, he reveals his will and riches to us, grants us knowledge of himself, the forgiveness of sin, righteousness, eternal life, and so forth. And then Paul's going to jump in right next in verse 5. Hang on, where are we at? No, 4. We're in verse 5. Yeah, we're, we're in verse 4, going into verse 5, where he says, if, I'll just go ahead and jump into it. He, pre, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. It's all by God's grace his grace that he bestowed on us by his will alone, not our will, not anybody else's will, but God's will alone, he bestowed grace upon us. Yeah, it was of his will for his glory. Right, exact. And I think that is very And it had nothing to do with understand. us. Right, it, nothing. No. Nothing to do with Just us. Just like it says in verse 4 where uh, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we'd be holy and blameless. You know, we were chosen not with a view to what we would do, but just because he chose us and he had a, he actually does have a plan for us. You know, when people say that God loves you and has a special plan for your life, it's not wrong. It's just meant incorrectly. God's plan for your life is that you be holy and blameless before him, not out of your own, your own, uh, your own work, but because you have every spiritual blessing in Christ, and you're called to be more and more conformed into the image of Christ, and he empowers you to be conformed because you've been adopted right. as sons through Christ, and a son will show the likeness of his father. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yes. In verses 5 and 6, it's kind of strange because it... It almost sounds as if Paul's a Calvinist. Because he is. <laughs> <laughs> he was the do the SpongeBob he was the laugh. One who taught Calvin? Sean, do the SpongeBob laugh. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Way to go, Lee. Woo! Way to go. But you um, had to bring that back in here. I did. And it's going to be in the it's main like, show it's now. Like a, it's not even going to be a... It's, uh, like a, it's never leaving. It's like a cat. You know, you fed it, and it comes back. You feed it again, it comes back. And then it wants more. And then you're, you're yelling at your wife, and you're like, Honey, 
you're the reason why this cat keeps coming <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> awesome. So, so we get into verses five and six, and and we come to a point where we come upon this very difficult word um, that most Christians want to ignore that even exists, don't even want to utter it in sermons, and don't even want to recognize it when it is come. It comes up in normal conversation. So we come to the word, he predestined. Oh. oh no. So let's, not, let's, not let's dive into that. Let's dive into that right now. He predestined us. And let's go from there. So. Okay. Let her rip. While he looked down the corridor. Oh my gosh, How dare I'm going to smack sir. you. <laughs> How dare you, sir. And then, we're guys with Bibles. I'm we're kidding. No. <laughs> Frankly, it's, it's difficult to explain, but uh, it's s- simply put, before the foundation of the world, before creation, God predestined his people to be saved in Christ. So. His people. So are you saying... We would call that limited atonement or definite atonement. Right. So are you saying that God only set aside a few people that he chose for himself out of all of his creation to save? Yep. Yes. Okay. And uh, that's that's consistent with the Old Testament as well, as he only set aside a certain people for himself. Right. Exactly. So why is this so difficult um, when we come to this pas- passage? Why is this such a difficult word for many Christians, and why is it hard to swallow? Because um, really, when you come well, to this type of people, passage, you really have to bite your tongue. Yeah, people people look at it in from the negative, um, saying, "Does that mean that God predestined people to go to hell?" Well, but that's the wrong question to ask. <laughs> yeah, that's the wrong question to ask. the 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 thing is, without Jesus, we're all going to hell. It's kind of the default because uh, of the that's, fall. God doesn't cause. S- God doesn't cause us to sin. The fact is, he saves people from eternal damnation. He, he in Christ, makes us alive again. We're dead in our sins and trespasses, which is later on in Ephesians. And he, he causes us to have new life. He raises us to new life in Christ. And we are... And simply by the word grace, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve any of it. He simply did it out of his his love for us. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate. All right, so okay, so kind of don't get I'm me mad. Put you guys on. I'm a yeller. A little edge here. So so you're saying John three sixteen. Whosoever believes, I'll okay shall have eternal life. That's right. The he yep. Christ died for the entire world, right? No. But John 3:16 says 
for God sent his only son to die for the world. Okay. So so In everyone's saved, right? <laughs> well, so everyone's going to be saved, right? The, the death of Christ would have been right. sufficient for every person in the world to believe. The 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 problem is yeah, but it's efficient. It's efficient only for some. Because no matter what you do, unless you're a universalist, which you're a heretic, then you ha- you believe in some version of limited atonement, and you have to find which case is more documented in Scripture. So you either have uh, atonement that's limited in its effect, where, um, yes, okay, so you have the ability to choose uh, God, to follow God and live in a, a life of holiness, but you can also, through your own inaction or sinful action, lose that salvation. So it's limited in its effect, or one that's, or, uh, or one that's limited in its scope in, a, in, in our system, the you you are chosen by God, but not every person is chosen by God. So the group of people is the limited, uh, but they're but they're saved and cannot lose it. So you you have to find right. which case is the one that's most biblical. And our contention as Calvinists would be, uh, we have found that the system that secures salvation aside from our actions. Uh, and is uh, limited to a particular people that God has predestined before the foundation of the world uh, to be the most biblically consistent view of election. But so, but everybody has a view now, of election. They might not want to call it that, but some people believe we elect ourselves, and then other people like us believe God elects us with no view as to what we will do when we are born. But he chose us before we even existed to do right or wrong. Now, now I have another question. So, but Christ was the propitiation of the world, right? All, all so, kinds I mean, of people they, in the world, yeah. Right. So he died for yeah so, everybody, right? So why the the problem the problem is this word world. Um, Lee might better explain this than me, but it's. <laughs> Because Lee's smarter than I am. <laughs> Doubt that. But it's... You have to read it in the context. Context, 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 people. But world, meaning he's drawing people from all nations, people within all nations. That doesn't mean every single person in the world is going to heaven. Right, otherwise you'd be a heretic universalist. Yeah, so that that's that's not what that means. Uh, it's he's drawing people from every tribe, tongue, and nation into Christ. Okay, so in Matthew, where it says, I think it's in chapter twenty. Um, it's in chapter twenty, verse. I want to believe it's twenty-eight. I still don't know how you do that. What? I'm so bad with remembering verse numbers. Like referencing scripture like that. Did you say verse 28? Verse 28 of Matthew 20. Um, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Matthew yes. depicts, and Matthew is actually an eyewitness of Christ. He was actually one who actually walked with Christ. I mean, we have Luke and Mark who are just, they're, they're more hearsay. You know, we get, they, they followed they they were Peter like uh, and Paul like once removed yes. from they were yeah. more disciples of disciples, um, so yes. so you have Matthew and John who are actually eyewitness um, accounts, and when they say that Jesus said when and sometimes this is this is in red letter form when it's in your Bible, um, if you have a red letter but you don't, um, but when it gets to verse twenty eight and it said. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. He's meaning his chosen people, his select people. And if you go to Revelations, um, and you really look into, so we get to the book of life. I got some good references in John when you're done, Scott. Yeah. 20 verse 11. He said, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which the book of life, and the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. Now, we go to the very first part of Revelations where it's talking about the books of um, the book of life. Well, I was just going to kind of hammer home when you, when you said the world, um, what I meant. If, if, if you go to John chapter 10, there's the whole I am the good shepherd discourse. And Jesus refers to... Uh, in chapter in verse 17 he says this is why the father loves me because i lay down my life so that i may take it up again oh hold on that's not right hold on no i'm sorry verse 27 my sheep hear my voice i know them and they follow me i give them eternal life and they will never perish no one will snatch them out of my hand my father who has given them to me is greater than all no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So right there is basically a reflection of this verse in Ephesians talking about being predestined. The Father chose the sheep, a specific group. No one knows who they are. Um, right, we have no way of knowing either. He, Right, and that's why... Jesus commissioned us to preach the gospel to everyone. But so the father chose a specific group of people to belong to Christ, to be saved by Christ in his work right there. And, and also in chapter 17 of John, you have uh, Jesus praying for his disciples. And he says, I, I pray for them. I am not praying for the world. I, there's that word again. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they are yours. And uh, verse 20 of chapter 17, I pray not only for these, uh, he's referring Current to his... Present day disciples. His, deci his disciples, yeah. He, I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me 
through their word. So those that would come to know Christ through the preaching of the word by the apostles. So, well, and really even as we see the corridor of time, even all the way to us who believe now and into the future until he returns, you know, we have the benefit of that prayer. Right. Every person who's ever believed in Jesus Christ has the benefit of that prayer in the garden, which is pretty amazing. And and this is still something that Christ is praying for us even now and as he sits yeah. at the right hand of the Father. He, he is still interceding for us. That's actually in my blog that's going Ooh, to be released tomorrow. Um, oh, I need to get that in the queue. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you do. <clears throat> but then, and also at the same time, we've talked about Father and Son, but Holy, the Holy Spirit as well is a big part of, um, of, our, uh, of, of making our calling and election sure. Because um, it's written in... Absolutely. Um, oh, goodness. Which Boom, epistle? I got it. Oh, man. <laughs> Andy's back. Sorry, sorry. I'm going to interrupt, interrupt this. So this goes along with the word predestination, okay? So when Paul's using the word predestination, also here, John is going to write down... It, 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 it follows with the terminology, right? It, it's not going to explicitly say predestination, but it follows with the words and the terminology. Um, in chapter 13, in Revelations, verse 8, it says, All who dwell on earth will worship him. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain, if anyone has a ear, let him hear. If anyone is destined for captivity, to captivity he goes. If anyone kills with the sword, with the sword he must be killed. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. So right here, God is revealing to John, everyone's name who will be saved has already been written in the book of life. For before the foundations of the world, it has already been secured. And this is monumental, you know, and you should be taking yeah. this. You should be in fear and trembling. You should be in, you need to start looking at your yeah, life and, just and going, in awe. Lord, I, 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 you should drop yeah, everything and, that you are doing and just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And this should open your eyes. You know, because you have no other way out. You know, there's no other no other option. Yeah, no no one goes to the Father except exactly. through Christ. Boom. Boom. You're welcome. I'm here all night. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I well, I would hope you're I in your house. I still don't know how I uh know where know the verses and the chapter number it's uh, yeah i dude i know like what what book it's in but i can't tell you where it's I'm at. like a ridiculous encyclopedia that has all this useless knowledge you can say that again i'm just kidding i love no, you. i love you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i love I you love too you guys me. whatever you're a blessing. Uh, <laughs> 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 ah, 
You both are a blessing. Are we gonna Are we gonna stop yeah, there? I say, yeah, I say let's stop should. there. We probably should. Um, so, I pray. So we made it through verse one five. through six. The first, first five. The first the first two words of verse five. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's true. We didn't even get to sonship yet. Okay. Hey, we'll, I pray we'll in everyone right who is listening. I pray everyone who is listening. Um, just chew on this for a while, and then uh, come back to us next week, and we'll follow up. And hopefully, if you guys have any questions um, or any concerns, or just want to shoot something off us. Um, go ahead and email us at guyswbibles at gmail.com. Or you can DM um, us on Twitter. Follow us at, or Facebook. at Guys with Bibles. Or uh, Instagram is the same handle. Or on Facebook, the Facebook group, Guys with Bibles. And, right on. And if you do not agree with our soteriology here, if you don't agree with our view of predestination, that's okay. That doesn't save you. Christ saves you. But so, we're going to send you a link to the online version of the 1689 Confession. <laughs> but, of course we are. Nah. So we are not here to condemn people that do not believe in this. We're just trying to teach biblically, as biblically as we possibly can. And this is what we believe to be biblical. So, And we are not the only ones. So... And we will try to do the best we can to explain our side of the belief. And I will also... We are not going to walk on eggshells, but at the same time, we will try do our best to explain be what we believe and why we believe it and be gracious yeah. about right. it. And try to we show We can't talk about the doctrines of grace if we do not ourselves show grace. Exactly. Right. Exactly. All right, guys. You guys have anything? Uh, you... Make sure you look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram Twitter. search Guys with Bibles, and... Get to the website. Uh, yeah, check out guyswithbibles.com, read our blogs on there, you can listen to the podcasts, and head on over to iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe, and if you feel like it, give us a five-star rating and tell us how awesome we are. We're Guys with Bibles. <laughs> And we're out. See you guys later. No, you won't. It's a podcast.